Sandman Stories presents Chapter number four in the Panchatantra, The Loss of Friends. This chapter is called Merchant Strongtooth. In the previous chapter, Victor the Jackal convinced Rusty the Lion the bull was a bit of a danger. And so he recalled the story of Merchant Strongtooth. Okay, let's begin. Merchant Strongtooth. There is a city called Growing City on the Earth's surface. In it lived a merchant named Strongtooth, who directed the whole administration. So long as he handled city business and royal business, all the inhabitants were satisfied. Why spin it out? Nobody ever saw or heard of his like for cleverness, for there is much wisdom in the proverb. Suppose he minds the king's affairs. The common people hate him, and if he plays the Democrat, the prince will execrate him. So, since the struggle's interests are wholly contradictory, a manager is hard to find who gives them both the victory. While he occupied this position, he once had a daughter married. To the wedding, he invited all the townspeople and the king's entourage, paid them much honor, feasted them, and regaled them with gifts of garments and the like. When the wedding was over, he conducted the king home with his ladies and showed him his reverence. Now the king had a house-cleaning drudge named Bull, who took a seat that did not belong to him. This in the very palace and in the presence of the king's professor. So Strongtooth administered a cuffing and drove him out. From that moment, the humiliation so rankled Bull's inner soul that he had no rest, even at night. Yet he thought, after all, why should I grow thin? It does me no good, for I cannot possibly hurt him, and there is sense in the saying, Indulge no angry, shameless wish, to hurt unless you can. The chickpea hopping up and down will crack no frying pan. Now one morning, as he was sweeping near the bed, where the king lay half awake, he said, What impudence! Strongtooth kisses the queen! When the king heard this, he jumped up in a hurry, crying, Come, come, bull, is that thing true that you are muttering? Has the queen been kissed by Strongtooth? Oh, king, answered bull, I was awake all night, because I am passionately fond of gambling, so sleep overpowered me, even when I was busy with my sweeping. I do not know what I said, but the jealous king thought, Yes, he has free entrance to my palace, so has Strongtooth, perhaps he actually saw the fellow hugging the queen. For the proverb says, Whatever a man desires, sees, does, in broad daylight. Still mindful he will say or do, asleep at night. And again, Whatever secrets, good or ill, men in their bosom keep, are soon betrayed when they are drunk or talking in their sleep. In any case, what doubt can there be when a woman is concerned? With one she tries the gossip's art, her glances with a second flirt. She holds another in her heart. Whom does she love enough to hurt? And again, the logs will glut a hungry fire. Rivers glut the sea's desire. And death with life will be glutted when the flirt has had enough of men. No chance, no corner dark, no man to woo. Then holy sage, you find a woman true. And once again, the blunderhead who thinks my love loves me, is ever in her power, a tame bird he. 
After all this lamentation, he withdrew his favor forthwith from Strongtooth. Not to make a long story of it, he forbade his entrance at court. When Strongtooth saw that the monarch's favor was suddenly withdrawn, he thought, Ah, me, there is wisdom in this stanza. Whom does not fortune render proud? Whom does not death lay low? To what rude do passions not bring never-ceasing woe? What beggar can be dignified? Whose heart no woman stings? Who traps by scamps come safely off? Who is beloved of kings? And again, whoever saw or heard a gambler's truthful word, a neat and cleanly crow, a woman going slow, in love a kindly snake, a eunuch's pluck awake, a drunkard's love of science, a king in friend's alliance. And yet, I never committed an unfriendly act against the king or anyone else, not even in a dream, not even by mere words. So why does the king withdraw his favor from me? Now one day, Bull, the sweeper, saw Strongtooth stopped at the palace gate, and he laughed aloud, saying to the doorkeepers, Be careful, doorkeepers. This fellow Strongtooth's temper has been spoiled by the king's favor, and he dispenses arrests and releases. If you stop him, you will get a cuffing just like me. And Strongtooth reflected on hearing this. I see, it was bull's doing. Well, there is sense in the proverb. Though foolish, base, and lacking pride, a servant at the monarch's side will have his honor satisfied. Through fashion on a coward plan, a man a royal servant can resent affronts from any man. After this lamentation, he went home, abashed and deeply stirred. Then he summoned Bull in the evening, gave him two garments as an honorable present, and said, My good fellow, I did not drive you out by order of the king. It was because I saw you in the chaplain's presence, sitting where you did not belong, that I humiliated you. Now Bull received the two garments as if they were the kingdom of heaven, and feeling intense satisfaction, he said, Friend merchant, I forgive you. You will soon see the reward of the honor shown me in the king's favor in such things. With this he departed in high glee. For there is wisdom in the saying, A little thing will lift him high, a little thing will make him fall. Twixt balance beam and scamp there is, no difference at all. On the next day Bull entered the palace and did his sweeping. And while the king lay half awake, he said, What intelligence! When our king sits at stool, he eats a cucumber. Now the king, hearing this, rose in amazement and said, Come, come, bull. What twaddle is this? But I remember that you are a house servant and do not kill you. Did you ever see me engaged in that occupation? Oh, king, said bull. I was awake all night because I am passionately fond of gambling. So drowsiness overcame me in the very act of doing my sweeping. I do not know what I was muttering. Pardon me, master, I was really asleep. Then the king thought, Why, from the day of my birth, I never ate a cucumber while engaged in that occupation. And since this blockhead has talked unimaginable nonsense about me, it must be the same with Strongtooth. This being so, I made a mistake in taking the poor man's honors from him. Nothing of the sort is conceivable with such men, and in his absence, all the king's business and city business is at loose ends. After thus considering the matter from every point of view, he summoned Strongtooth, presented him with gems from his own person, and with garments reinstated him. And that is why I say, whoever is too haughty to pay the king's retainer's honors due, 
and the rest of it. My dear fellow, said Lively, your argument is quite convincing. Let it be as you say. After this, Victor took him to Rusty and said, O king, here is Lively. I have brought him hither. The future rests with the king. Then Lively bowed respectfully and stood before the king in a modest attitude. Thereupon Rusty extended over him a right paw, plump, firm, massive, adorned with claws as formidable as thunderbolts, and said with deference, Do you enjoy health? Why do you dwell in this wild wood? Thus questioned, Lively related accurately his separation from the merchant increase and the others. And Rusty, after listening to the story, said, Have no fear, comrade. Protected by my paws, lead your own life in this forest. Furthermore, you must always take your amusements in my vicinity, for this forest has many drawbacks, since it swarms with numerous savage creatures. And Lively made answer, Very well, O king. Then the king of beasts went down to the bank of the Jumna, drank and bathed his fill, and plunged again into the forest, wherever inclination led him. Thus the time passed, the mutual affection of the two increased daily. Now Lively had assimilated solid intelligence by mastering numerous authoritative works, so that in a very few days he planted discernment in Rusty, dull as was his mind. He weaned him from forest habits and taught him village manners. Why spin it out? Lively and Rusty did nothing but hold secret confabulations every day. This being so, all the other animals of the retinue were kept at a distance. As for the two jackals, they did not even have the entry. More than that, as soon as they lacked the lion's prowess, the whole company of animals, not excluding the two jackals, suffered grievously from hunger and huddled together. As the proverb puts it, a king through proud and pure of birth will see his servants flee, as court where no rewards are won, as birds a withered tree. And again, they may be honored gentlemen, they may devoted be, yet servants leave a monarch who forgets the salary. While on the other hand, a king may scold, yet servants hold, if he put pay upon the day. Indeed, all the creatures in this world adopting cajolery of one or the other three devices live by eating one another. For example, some eat the countries, these are kings, the doctors, those whom sickness stings, the merchants, those who buy their things, and learned men, the fools. The married are the clergy's meat, the thieves devour the indiscreet, the flirts their eager lovers eat, and labor eats us all. They keep deceitful snares in play, they lie in wait, by night and day, and when the occasion offers prey, like fish on lesser fish. Now Cheek and Victor, robbed of their master's favor, took counsel together, for their throats were pinched with hunger. And Victor said, Cheek, my noble friend, we too seem to have lost our job, for Rusty takes such delight in Lively's conversation that he neglects his business, and the whole court is scattered in every which way. What is to be done? And Cheek replied, Even if the master does not take your advice, Still, you should admonish him to correct his faults. For the proverb says, 
all good counselors should warn a king, although he pay no heed, as Vidor warned the monarch blind, to cease from evil deed. And again, good counselors or drivers may not duck from kings or elephants that run amok. Besides, in introducing this grass nibbler to the master, you were handling live coals. And Victor answered, You are right. The fault is mine, not the master's. As the saying goes, The jackal at the ram fight, And we, when tricked by June, The meddling friend were playing A self-defeating tune. How was that? asked Cheek. And Victor told three stories in one, Called Godly and June. So in that story, Victor has introduced Lively to Rusty, but he has not foreseen the consequences of introducing the two and is then out of a job. So next installment of the Panchatantra will be Godly and June. And a special shout out to my listeners from Kenya. There is no further data breakdown, so just all of Kenya. Thank you and good night. <laughs>